0: The baller, my life is more than money in Germany. story of Credit Dog, I said, Make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. you got a chemi dog, I know I'm the city behind the baller. My life is more than money in Germany. story of crazy Dog, I said, Make a movie behind the baller. I went from music, Zack, to this podcast.
1: Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller.
0: Yo, yo, what up, y'all? You are tuned in to another brand new episode of the chart topping. Award winning World famous That's no cap Everything I just said is facts The world famous behind the baller podcast I am your host Ben Baller Not Ben Humble Also known to many As the Kareem Liam Neeson And that's because I fuck shit up Some people call me the wash lord Some people call me the Forrest Gump of hip hop But yo We got a show today And I, I'm beat I say that all the time, but it's a little different now, because I didn't got you know I went to the doctor, I want to get X rays and I did some shit. Okay, so guys, man, um, thank you for tuning in. You already know what the deal is. This show is unorthodox. We jump all over the place. It is technically a business podcast, but really, what people don't understand is this is about entrepreneurship. And what I'm doing is I'm teaching class. I'm giving free game, and I'm giving you life game. So life game can be. Entrepreneurship because your health is currency, your life is currency, you know, what you spit out is currency, your game, your talk, you know what I'm saying? The way you talk, that's currency. Y'all realize this mouthpiece has got me a lot of money. All right, listen, we have a special episode. I say that once in a while, sometimes more often than others, but you know what? I don't want to do a traditional long intro to this show. Why? Because I've been hyping up this Eli Webe interview and my man just came out with the book. And, and, you know, he's already on the top seller list, you know, on uh, best author, bestseller. And uh, I never know my man to, to read a fucking book, let alone write about a book. And there's a lot of things I didn't know about Eli. You know, that doesn't mean we're not friends because we are friends, definitely. Right. And this dude went through hell. You know, he f- truly faced the cancel culture mob and dealt with it but he also disconnected. Something that, you know, I, I almost idolized him for that, okay? So there's a lot that happened this, this past week and the peak before that, and there's a lot going on in my life. I didn't plan on doing two episodes a week. I didn't plan on doing this, but you know what? There's gonna be some repercussions for me doing two episodes a week, and I know that we hit, you know, top 10. We hit a bunch of shit. We've been crushing on the, on the charts, and of course, my NFT is dropping. There's a lot going on, but out of respect for a friend, that went through hell and back and had have to just really face adversity like a motherfucker. I don't want to take anything away from Eli's interview. It's that important to me, okay? So what I want to do is, I want to talk about a few things before. I don't want to get too deep in anything else, all right? By the time this podcast is dropped, The people who are on the whitelist for my NFT drop should have already got your NFTs. I appreciate everyone who's bought an NFT. Understand, you must go and follow at notables.co or at notables on Instagram, on Twitter. It's not that hard to figure out, okay? If you have a Twitter account, you can go to Ben's Blockchain. Every single bit of info about my NFT drop today is on there. Nothing else needs to be said. I don't want to take away. It's very important, this NFT. And it's going to sell out. It's going to do well. And I already know we're going to to do well. We're going to crush it. There's a lot of things that are going on with this that are great. And I explained it on the last episode. But I don't want to take, I don't want to talk about too much after. Because I have a lot going on. And I also don't want to stress Miles out with the editing. Because like I said, it takes an hour to edit 15 minutes. And it's early as fuck right now. So I don't want to fuck Miles up as it is. We got a lot going on. Okay. We got Thanksgiving coming up this week. I didn't even think about that. And we just have shit. And for the first time, BTB's gonna take a, a Christmas vacation. It's never happened before. Okay. Speaking of my back, guys, on uh Thursday I injured my back, fucked it up real good. Real fucking good, right? Gave myself like slight scoliosis and a lot of wear and tear on my back. I haven't seen a chiropractor in you know five years. I went to go see a really good sports medicine doctor did some x-rays, checked out my back. And, uh, you know, I, I got, I had to kick some steroids, like injections, everything. I'm taking steroids orally. And uh, I can only take steroids a few more times, you know what I'm saying? And then it's surgery time if we can't get this right. It's not going to stop golf. And he understands that. And these guys work with the best golfers in the world, you know, and best athletes and everything. So they, they understand that. So, you know, um, I'm limited. I didn't get to get my lesson this week. I went way too hard on practice. And one thing with my coaches, you got to practice or else he won't, you know, uh, coach you. That sounds crazy, right? But just letting you guys know, um, speaking of golf, I appreciate every last one of you guys who purchased a tailor-made Ben Baller gold golf putter. Okay, guys, I had heavy people in the golf game. Hit me up, right? Scotty Cameron, who was the LeBron James of, of putting, that reference don't mean shit. Else, don't try to take it any any deeper than anything. This man's top tier putters are like 375 to four hundred. My putter was, you know, it is what it is. But it sold out. Um, there are some stats that I can give you because I'm not in the golf world, even though I'm heavy in golf right now. Still not considered in the golf world. Yes, I'm managed and uh, rep by the same agents as Tiger Woods and, and Colin Morikawa and Rory and some of the best golfers in the world, but. It is an honor that TaylorMade even allowed me to put my name on there and we collaborated officially. And understand this, some of these guys' top accounts across the country, they are top country club accounts, not regular stores like Roger Dunn and his other places, their top country club accounts, they average between two hundred dollars to $250,000 a year in club sales. Clubs. This was one club. And we did almost 200 grand in seven minutes. It's a big honor, guys. Appreciate every single last one of you guys. Understand that. It is really amazing what we've been doing here with the Ben Baller brand. And I do appreciate every single one of you guys. All right. Before we get into this interview, I have to give a big shout out to Miss Philippines USA. Not going to get too deep into it, but it was a very, very amazing experience. Gotta thank Lou, Razon, um, Rhonda, everyone involved in Miss Philippines USA beauty pageant. Thank you for asking me to be a judge. It was a honor being a judge, especially last night was something special because the Filipino community was there. You know, if you, are you really Filipino if your mom didn't make you do a beauty pageant? Like it's it's crazy. This is real shit. This is a really, really popular thing in Filipino culture. And, um, you know, my wife showed up last night. I, you know, I wore a, a suit, you know, tailored made suit, no pun intended. And, um, you know, this is Miss Philippines USA. You know, people came from Detroit, from Texas, from, you know, from fucking New York and everything. And, you know, there, there was a young version where the girls were 14 to 17. And then there's an 18 to 23. There's certain requirements. I don't know exactly what they are, but they were all very talented, beautiful, young uh, Filipino women. And um I was happy to be involved. Uh made some new friends. Uh got to meet one of the Miss Philippines for Miss Universe who represented uh Gazzini. Uh got to meet a lot of people. You know what? I got to meet Cher Calvin of the News, Tony Cabrera of ABC News, very fucking sharp. This guy is incredibly sharp. Cher is not shabby at all whatsoever. She is extremely sharp too. Had no idea that Tony Cabrera was was uh Pinoy. Thought he was Mexican. And Cher, I've seen around here and there. Um, London and Ryder are baptized at the church that she goes to in West Hollywood. Never knew she spoke full Tagalog. And it was it was really impressive. And she had so much knowledge. And she's been hosting Miss Philippines USA for a long time. The event went down at the, um, the City National Grove in Anaheim. Uh, it was a great event. A lot of Filipinos, very successful. A lot of support. And this goes into... Just things that I've said before and I talk about the culture. One thing about Filipino culture is there's a lot of love, a lot of affection, even amongst crime, like in the Philippines. Like you're about to get robbed by somebody in the Philippines and be like, hello, sir, how you doing? And they'll fucking pickpocket and take your phone, right? Not trying to bring negativity. I'm just saying they're all nice people, genuinely. You know, of course, I love the Filipino food and everything, but the culture, the strong emphasis on family and love, it's a beautiful thing. So again, you know, it was a nice event. i'm very very honored that they asked me uh you know probably gonna do it next year my wife used to do pageants my wife is in a lot of beauty pageants when she was growing up and uh, my wife looked fucking slamming last night by the way she looked crazy it was it was a good event and um tony cabrera uh did an amazing job as a host you know the the people that were involved i was very again just blown away by the amount of people that were excited to meet me you know it's I always feel like you know, and people say, "Oh, you're this, that. You're a narcissist. You're this, motherfuckers. You pay attention. To what's going on?" I love to talk shit, but you know, I love to clown myself more than anybody. So, I'm just honor that anyone would want to meet me, right? But going on, having a strong upbringing and having a strong support system, it does a lot. You know, um, it could go both ways because I didn't really have a strong support system. Now, financially, my parents didn't let me starve, you know what I mean? They clothed me and did what they could. But, you know, I was a wild card. I was all over the place. And um, I think Eli has a pretty close family. He has a good support system. And, you know, he uh, he was running Hollywood. This man was literally at the top of the game. He went from one of the most legendary nightclubs in Hollywood called Playhouse and then went to Warwick, where it became upper echelon. You know, when I talk about real A-list celebrities and really taking care of people, this guy had the gift of Gabby had everything. He's a good dude. And, you know, um, I would give him a hard time. I would tell him he's corny and everything else or whatever, because he's from the fucking 909. But Eli, you know, he um I'm proud of him. Very resilient dude. And he went through some shit. And people say, Oh, well, you know, how do you know you don't hear her start, her side story? You just fucking know sometimes. You know, I'm a gambling man. I've done very well gambling. I've done bad. But I know when to put my cards at the table, when not to. And I know when to shut up and I know when to bet. And when it comes down to talking all that crazy shit, you guys haven't figured out. You guys are around here now. I haven't backed it up. So understand this. I back Eli. And I want him to tell his story. And I want him to have a platform to say it on. So, look, we're going to pay some bills real quick. It's something that we have to do. It's how we keep the show going. This is professional podcasting. Part of professional podcasting is being able to produce a show. The Dust Brothers don't do this for free. They got to get paid. The reason why you hear this shit in fucking 8K, high doge finishing sound you hear it because he takes all the bullshit out some people say i could hear you smack it no motherfucker you hear crystal clear sound you don't hear during the interview someone else's mic interfering with this no offense other big professional podcasts you still hear background noise you other shit you don't hear that here with the exception of iron rap sometimes he's recording in a fucking loud ass city in new york and there's fire engines come by whatever you should hear what it sounds like before miles touches that shit okay so we're getting into some ads And we're going to get into this Eli interview and I want you guys to pay attention because I want my man to basically, you know, say everything he needs to say, go buy his book. He is a changed man, right? You can judge him after that. Just my man got something to say and Eli, I'm glad we could do this, bro. Uh, Miles, you already fucking know. I hear that lake lake right there. Yeah, man, we will be right back, y'all. BTB Army, I know y'all are gonna appreciate this one. I'm very excited to partner up and introduce you to Soul Savvy. Soul Savvy is here to help sneakerheads get the kicks they want and avoid paying resale. It doesn't matter if you're an OG like me or if you're new to the game, Soul Savvy is for every type of sneaker enthusiast looking to grow their collection. In the last few years, the shoe game has become more about profit than passion. We all know the feeling of waking up early to get hit with the "your entry wasn't selected." Beating the bots feels impossible, and avoiding resellers is a lot tougher these days. But Soul Savvy is here to help with this. Built by sneakerheads for sneakerheads, Soul Savvy works at every stage of a shoe drop, making sneakers more fun and more accessible for their community. Soul Savvy catches rumors and leaks and educates community members by exclusive release info, including stock numbers, retailers, and one-click add-to-cart links. Soul Savvy monitors over 100 plus retailers and their inventory. Soul Savvy is creating a new experience for sneaker enthusiasts and solving their biggest challenges thanks to a unique combination of industry-leading tools, technology, and training. More importantly, it's bringing the fun and ease back to collecting, unlocking the resources that make sneakers more accessible. Avoid paying resale and join Soul Savvy today. Soul Savvy is offering the BTB Army 40% off your first month of their all-access membership at dot forward slash baller. Okay, that's 40% off your first month's membership at soulsavvy.com forward slash baller. Grow your collection and thank me later. You know how Black Friday sales can be. They're hit or miss. This cyber week, Bowling Branch is offering their best deal of the entire year. And if last night's sleep wasn't incredible, their sheets will make all the difference. With Bowl and Branch, you can get the best sleep of your life with their highest quality organic cotton sheets. Bring your savings to the sheets. When you shop Bowl and Branch during Cyber Week, you're supporting a family run business that crafts the highest quality, toxin free, pure organic cotton sheets. I personally love my Bowl and Branch sheets. I sleep like a baby and I look forward to my rest at the end of a long day. And you know, I have longer days than most people do. I've even gifted my in-laws a set and they love it too. All right. It's not just their sheets that they're made the right way. Their pillows, bath towels, and robes are too. Buttery soft, lightweight, and made with 100% organic cotton weave that feels incredible in all seasons. They come in a wide range of colors and all sizes from twin up to a California king. This Cyber Week, gift your loved ones the best sleep of their lives or treat yourself with Bowl & Branch, their holiday packaging and famously soft sheets, blankets, pillows and make a difference everyone will feel. Guys, get 25% off from November 23rd through December 2nd with their best offer of the year at bowlandbranch.com. That's 25% off at dot com. Exclusions may apply. Yo, yo, what up, y'all? Finally, we have got the interview that I've been waiting to do, my boy's been waiting to do, and clearly a lot of information is going to be said here that is uh, important. And um, not often do I bring friends on to the show. But this means something to not just him, but to my family, my friends, my group and circle of people in nightlife. So this is kind of important that we're getting this on here. And I'm using my platform to spread our side of the story, his side of the story. Um, And, you know, I'm not here to discredit anything else. I'm just here to basically let people know that my man, Eli Webbe, has got something to say. He's got a book coming out called Mask. It's already on the top selling list in Amazon and everywhere else. And, uh, you know, I've known this man for fucking over 10 years since he was like damn near 21 or so. or nothing, whatever. he has been at the top of nightlife in L.A. Obviously, you know, L.A. nightlife is the pinnacle next to New York when it comes to nightlife and everything. Some people say, who gives a fuck? You know what? If you're listening to this show thinking that you're listening to the wrong show. So without further ado, we got my man, Eli. Eli, what's good, bro? What's popping, man? Finally here, man. We're here. Let's get it. Finally doing this shit, man. So you know, um, you know, normally I'd ask, hey, man, you know, um, did you shave your balls today? Did you, you know, take a shower? Did you have your little vegan fucking uh, soup and your, you know, vegan milkshake? But you know what? Honestly, I'd rather get into the serious topics first, and we can talk about some extracurricular shit later. Let's get down. Cool, man. Uh, this went down. How long ago did, did all the did just all the drama go down? Do you remember roughly what it was? What month and what year?
1: It was uh, July 2017. But before we get in it, I uh, I want to state some things. And um, you know, first and foremost, this is a, an unfortunate, saddening situation. But um, I want to make some things crystal clear. They uh, they say there are two sides to every story. Well, in this case, there's a false narrative and the truth. And I'm going to put the truth out there. And I want to make these things crystal clear before we even start. I didn't give this woman that passed any drugs nor did I give any drugs to give to her.
0: Hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Let, let's, we'll get to that in a second, though. But what I'm asking is, 2017, but when did the shit come back to light because of the dumb fuck? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah.
1: Um, that happened in the start of quarantine. It was like April of 2020, like when everyone was scared, locked up in their cribs. Like everyone So that's was, when
0: it did come out?
1: That's when it came out.
0: Okay, holy shit. That's when shit. it was
1: just spun out of control. Okay, so
0: let's just say March, April, whatever, April 2020, pandemic just started. These media outlets twisted the story, put out one side, put out the wrong information, right? As they always do. That's what the media does. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to hear it directly from you, bro. Okay. Did this woman, who I don't even know her name, and that's not important really. You know, at this point, did this woman that's at the the, the center of this story, did she die inside your home? Break down everything that happened.
1: No, nobody died in my home. Um, Actually, I wasn't even present when she was found unresponsive. In fact, she left about five hours. Um, It was actually about five hours after she left my house. So I wasn't there. I had already walked these people out my door. And uh, we'll kind of get into that when we kind of dive more into the story. Well, I mean,
0: okay, so bottom line is not only did you not, she didn't die in your house. No. Okay. And on top of that, you did not give this woman any drugs. No. No right? There was a, a text message from this woman asking you to come check on her, right? And um, I saw the text messages that the media put out. I didn't, you didn't show me your side. And I don't. that's not important, right? Important for you to tell your story. Um, the media, they made it seem like you did not check on her. You're the bad guy. You know what I'm saying? You didn't fucking give this girl drugs All this other crazy shit, whatever. And that was the last message ever shown. But I got a feeling that's not true, right? There must have been some more messages.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't true at all. I went and checked on her right after she sent that text message to me. And she was completely fine hanging out with three others in my kitchen while I was, in a, I was in the bedroom with another girl hanging out with her. And like, she sent that text message at like nine something in the morning. So these like, you know, everyone's just been up for a really long time. And then about an hour later, maybe around like 10, 15 in the morning, I had walked her and three others out my door. And look, they looked like anyone leaving a nightclub would. And after that, I can't tell you what happened. I was not there. So
0: 9 a.m. God damn, it was it was it was, a, it was a party night, you know what I'm saying? Um what time uh did the did the coroner pronounce her um dead?
1: Um it was around 3.15 p.m. during the day and she left around like my place around ten fifteen in the morning. Okay. So between ten fifty or between ten
0: a.m. and or whatever, from ten fifteen to three fifteen, you have no idea what she was doing. I have no idea. Okay. So word was your text messages were leaked is that true
1: that's completely false as well let's just say when the investigators came to me i willingly gave them my password to my phone look i told them i had a lot of locker room and shit talking in those texts but i didn't conspire to harm anyone it was simply just trash talking you know and um look i don't encourage the way i was talking i don't advise it you can go see those messages all over the internet they're all there but um you know i put out a public apology for my language Around the time it popped off before I disconnected. And, um, you know, the text message that everybody was upset about had nothing to even do with the woman that passed. They just made it look that way and kind of confused everybody with it.
0: You know, look, I'm not a judge, I'm not a jury, and I'm not one person to ever talk about anybody who was sending some bad language or bad messages, even when it's like against me or anything, right? Unless it's against my kids, okay? But understand this to everyone listening to this. Me and Eli will say funny jokes to each other here and there. And to be honest, he's probably, you know, and this is making me look bad, right? But I don't care. I have a foul mouth. I've been cussing since I was four or five years old. You know, whatever. It's got nothing to do with my parents. It's just been something that I've always loved to do. I still cuss. Everyone listening to this show knows how much I say the word fuck. But now, if you saw the text messages between me, Homicide, Jasmine, um rob kardashian and stuff right whatever if something would ever happen to me god forbid my wife knows what time it is they'd be like oh shit we didn't know that ben was gay you know what i'm saying <laughs> that he likes putting things in his ass and stuff and just <laughs> you know and just like could because there's so much crazy shit that i yeah, say right sure. but you know also at the same time like people my wife doesn't like the fact that sometimes i say the word bitch and you know i don't necessarily say it as a derogatory term it is a just a, it's it's a figure of speech sometimes and i know times have changed certain things look you know, people say, Oh, you shouldn't say oriental, blah, blah, whatever. And I get it, you should say Asian. Look, I don't even look at it like that farther as, as that point. Because I could look at bitch like as in a stuffed animal. It could be a toy. It could be a fucking pillow. It could be anything. It's just, it's just, you know. Anyways, an adjective. So I'm not tripping on the text messages, right? And we're not gonna show those people I could go look at them. But it's just I saw what you said. And it's like, you know, the gist of it's just like how dudes talk. No matter how I don't give a fuck how you know clean cut they portray themselves to be or whatever it's just dude talk man you know and i'm not saying it's right i'm just
1: saying that's what it is it is what it is i said what i said and it was just trash talking i didn't i didn't do those words didn't harm anybody let's just put it that way
0: right the thing that the media made um it seemed like what kind of bothered me too is they made you look like you're the madam. You know what I'm saying? Like you were the fucking ringleader, right? Like you were, you were, they made it seem as if you were the one that wrangled up everyone. And by wrangle, I mean like, you know, you set up the girls with the dudes. And I mean, what are your thoughts on that, bro?
1: That's also completely false, man. Like, look, the lawyers of the parents left out information that would destroy their narrative completely. She had her own text message exchange with inviting the football player over to my home that morning they just didn't show those messages because it would debunk their narrative. They cherry picked certain texts from the police report to make their narrative believable and make me look terrible. Bottom line, there was zero conspiracy and they did this all just to defame my name. Criminally,
0: they don't have anything. No. And they didn't even they didn't even go after you for criminally right. No. And you were not at any point arrested? No. The police came to your house.
1: Yeah, and that's actually a wild story that I'm going to explain in my book because they didn't just show up. It was there was a whole there was a whole circus. But I'm gonna get into that. Oh, in they, came,
0: they came. They came like gangbusters and shit. They thing? came. They came. Okay. Okay. We'll get into it. so like, again. <laughs> that's another thing. You got to go get this book mask. You know. But what I'm saying is, I've been in situations where there's trauma here and that whatever boom and then like cops come to my house whatever and I'm like yo doc you gonna arrest me what's going on you ain't got nothing so it's like and on top of that people don't realize a lot of people still don't realize to this day. Why would you arrest somebody if it's not going to stick? Meaning, don't arrest anybody because like people get it, two things fucked up, and cops use a tricky language too. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been arrested before? That's not the question you should have asked me. Have I ever been convicted of a felony? Is that what you're asking? Have I ever been to jail before? And that's even tricky because you could be, you know, in a holding cell technically that's jail, but you know because they don't want not have access to search your car. So if you were to get pulled over and they're like, "Hey, oh, Eli Weber, okay, uh, nice car. Have you ever been arrested before?" I'd be like. It's none, none of their business, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. First of all, you mean, you'd have to come back, like, you mean, have I ever been convicted of a felony? No, I haven't, or a misdemeanor? No, I haven't. You were never convicted, you were never charged, nothing, correct, criminally? Yes. Okay, so what everyone read on the internet was obviously a one-sided complaint. You know, you didn't really come anything out. You you put it in your book and you're talking now here, but uh, it was a civil lawsuit from my understanding, mm-hmm. and they're su- suing several of you guys, correct?
1: Yeah so nobody was criminally charged they did a long investigation on this case and um it just is what it is so they're suing me the football player uh, her girlfriend her girlfriend's house that she had passed at another one of my friends um warwick nightclub in the highlight room and look at the end of the day they're just going to do and say whatever they can see what's going to stick and if you know anything about litigation this thing can go on forever yeah headache
0: well the thing is look, man when OJ got, you know, not guilty for the criminal charges and he got fucked up for the civil charges, it's kind of like a weird thing, right? It's kind of like a weird, like, mm-hmm. that shouldn't make any sense. If you're, if you're not guilty, then why the fuck are you on the hook for any civil charges? At the end of the day, bro, like, you shouldn't be paying a dollar except your own legal fees. And if anything, the fucking family should be paying for your fucking shit just because I know what, you know, from what I know, from what I know of you, you know? Yeah. And I know you as a decent person. It's just fucked up. And for those of you guys who don't understand, again, the difference between civil and and criminal, it's a huge difference. You know, one, you know, the outcome could become jail. You know, years, many, many years, life in prison, whatever, and then civil, um, obviously, really only pertains to um, money, cash, and no offense to the woman, rest in peace, God rest her soul, and my condolences to the family, but, mm-hmm. you know, money's not gonna bring her back. Now, if they feel like that, that's, you know, um, payback revenge or something. Different story, man. You know, it's just crazy. So bottom line, nobody died in your home, right? You did not give this girl any drugs. You did not even conspire to harm this girl. And your text messages or words did not cause this woman's death.
1: Yeah, that's 100% correct. And be honest, I don't believe the parents truly think I did anything to harm their daughter. I think it's just... um a matter of what they can make stick with involving as many parties as they can. I can tell you this much, though. I ain't looking over my shoulder or losing sleep over it. I know I didn't do anything wrong to anybody or conspire to harm anybody, and I wasn't losing sleep over this from the start. I think I was just kind of trying to figure out how I was going to rebrand after I was, you know, attacked and got hit with the cancel culture mob, and we can get into that after. But, um, yeah. So you, you decided to lay
0: in the cut. You took some time off, right? You wrote a book. What can I and everyone listening expect from your book, right? Is, are there some juicy shit? Is some some, ex- you know, you, you expose anybody? Like, why would someone want to buy your book?
1: Uh, my book is like, you know, my story of creation, failure, and redemption. It's, um, you know, my transformation from teen outcast and becoming a Hollywood mogul to completing some crazy extreme athletic achievements. Um, I'm going to explain how I, you know, came from nothing and made it to the pinnacle of the nightlife industry I'm going to talk about my Rolodex of celebrity relationships and friendships and my highs, my lows, my addictions, the rock bottoms, the setbacks, the comebacks, my love life, all of it, man. And um, I'm going to pull back the curtains on Los Angeles after dark. I'm going to show everyone how hollow the nightlife can really be, the backstabbing, the insecurities, every single inch of it, but like straight through my eyes. Um, I'm going to give you guys like the full details on how I got caught up in this whole 2017 tragic incident, how I fought through adversity, through cancel culture, all that fun stuff. And um, how any of you and the readers can overcome anything, no matter how bad you might think your situation might be. You know, it's funny. I titled the book Mask, and uh your friends are Nicole Scherzinger, yeah?
0: I mean, I know her. I'm not really... I'm not very fond of her.
1: <laughs> she's one of my good friends, man. And really? she's like, had my back, like, really heavy when... when it Jesus came.
0: Christ, bro. This girl's such... She was such a fucking bitch when I met her. Go on, go on, go She's on.
1: great, bro. But anyway, I went to her house a couple weeks ago, and I was showing her the book, and, you know... She was asking me why I called it mask. And I was just like, hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm talking about removing my mask and starting to live my truth. And uh, she said, you know, this is who you always were. You know, you, you know, I think you were just living in this facade and this fog, and this is who you were always meant to be. And that stuck with me. And, you know, regardless of anyone's perspectives or opinions, um, I wanna show everyone else how they can remove their mask and live their truth too. And I know my story will deeply impact others on a positive light. And to be honest, the whole point of me writing this book from the get-go was to change lives, and I know it will.
0: I mean, I have to ask you, bro.
1: Do you and Nicole ever date? Nah, she's just the homie, dog. Stop playing, bro. I swear. She's just the homie, bro. You know what's
0: crazy? She's 40, like one or 42, and she still looks good. It's crazy. She's great. So where can people buy the book?
1: Right now, you can pre-order on Amazon um, just for the ebook. And like you said, um, it's already hit multiple number one bestsellers and number one new releases in multiple categories. And then on my website on www.eliwehbe.com, you can find the hardcover and paperback and for pre-order. And then December 1st is going to be the actual launch, uh, launch date and everything will be on Amazon um, on December 1st, like between everything that's going on. And I'm also doing an audible book. I haven't really talked about that yet, but I'm going to run it podcast style. Uh, me and my buddy Woody, he's in a big rock band. He's ri- he's written two best selling books, and he's done his own audio book. And we're going to narrate it back and forth. And I'm going to give all the uh, you know all the listeners way more information that they would have gotten just from you know the reg- uh, just from the hardcover and paperback.
0: Okay. So um, I wanted to ask you this first, but I wanted people to understand just mm-hmm. in case they wanted to tune out, like no, nah, fuck that, you're going to listen to this part. So you wanted a complete disconnect. Mm -hmm. for eight months okay like what the fuck did you do because this is the beginning of pandemic i remember you telling me you didn't know what was going on you didn't know anything you just went you just decided to delete or i mean you didn't even use your phone right you just kind of deleted all the apps and everything social media whatever
1: yeah it was crazy um you know i got my ex-girlfriend and my my, one of my best friends jesse waits to thank for that you know they talked me into like letting go of my phone number and social media and i listened to them and um So I just disconnected completely and, you know, I just kind of hit rock bottom and I was just like, fuck it. No one is coming to save you, bro. Nobody's coming to save you. Nobody cares to. You got to quit pointing fingers and get real with yourself. You got to hold yourself accountable for where you currently stand in life. And every day that I woke up and looked in that mirror, the only only finger I was pointing was at myself. And I knew it was just me versus me. And I had to figure the fuck out and be my own damn hero. And then, you know, look, look, everyone's got a sad story. Nobody cares. Work fucking harder. That's what I would tell myself every fucking day. And during that disconnect, I just started uh, running 100 mile weeks, started running uh, running 100 mile weeks. And I knew if I could force myself to do that, I could just build discipline and uh, a daily routine where I can just kind of tap in with myself. And during those runs, I was just laying down a foundation of bricks one by one around my brain, one brick a day, lay down the concrete and eventually built an entire wall around my brain. And now, honestly, like no one's opinions matter to me anymore anymore. And I just started living for myself, stopped giving a fuck what anyone thought about me. And at the end of the day, man, everyone's going to have an opinion about you. So just go do what you want to do anyways. And there was just such a beauty in the suffering with the running that I was doing. And I don't think people understand unless they're doing voluntary suffering. And there's this quote um, by Tim Harris that says, the more voluntary suffering you build into your life, the less involuntary suffering will affect your life. Let me say that one more time, the more voluntary suffering you build into your life, the less involuntary suffering will affect your life. And like, it couldn't be more true. And that's actually a quote that I use in in my book. I, I start out every chapter with a quote that just resonates with me. And, um, you know, for everyone out there that, you know, I was getting messages all the time on, how did I get through this? How did I get past the cancel culture mob? How did I get past through these things? And, you know, there's so many people going through, you know, rock bottoms right now. And I always try to tell people you need to find a daily practice where you can just be with yourself and grow and struggle. And for me, that was running. You know, it could be, you know, it could be meditation. It could, it, it, there's just so many different things. But having that daily routine can just build discipline in your life. It can change your life completely. All right. But so,
0: you know, let's break this down real quick. I want people to understand this, right? You started working in nightlife when? What year? 2010, 2009?
1: I mean, I really started when I was, even before that, when I was like 17 years old. But in L.A., Somewhere around there, yeah, when I was, like, 20 years old.
0: Okay. And, like, you climbed up from being, you know, kind of like a assistant manager. I want, I want to, just for lack of a better term, you know, of, of Playhouse, right? One of the greatest nightclubs in the history of Los Angeles. And probably the last great actual nightclub that, you know, people danced and shit, right? Um, and then, you know, you, you got up. you. I come back one day. And, you know, you, this guy has a bald head just like mine. He looked like fucking Billy Zane from fucking the extra movie in fucking uh, in Boys in the Hood when they're watching this shit in the drive-in We just had his completely shiny bald head, weird as shit. Then on top of that, I was just like, okay, you know, I can't figure out this dude he's from the IE. And then, like, you know, progressively, shortly, you start growing a little bit of hair out. Then you start getting a fade. Then you start getting a certain haircut. Then you start looking like fucking Apocalypto. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, cool. So you come out. <laughs> you start taking care of Bieber. You start taking Rihanna. You start taking care of people. How did you rise up in the club scene? I'm just curious about that because this is a business podcast, and we should talk a little bit about
1: that. Yeah, you know, I think just kind of um, always having something to offer these people was the first thing. Like whenever like you know uh, people of interest came to the club, I, I'd be kind of on it and did like take care of them and um, just kind of be genuine and authentic with them. And uh, that's it. I would just build a relationship with them. And it wasn't just a relationship. I always built friendships with these people. And if I didn't like them, I didn't take care of them. So like, you know, there were some people that, you know, I saw here and there, but majority of the people that, you know, I posted with and that I was with, that people saw me with, I had a friendship with. And, uh, I just kept building and building and building, and then working on other deals as well, too, with different companies and clothing brands. And then, you know, cross promoting with that, like, you know, hooking the same people I'm hooking up at the club, I'm hooking up with clothes. So then, you know, I become this guy, then I'm hooking them, you know, oh, can you get me a dinner at Nobu Malibu? Can you get me this, that, you know, I start being able to connect the dots ever for these guys. So I become the guy to them, you know?
0: You know, what's funny is, um, I remember we were at, uh, Bieber's birthday party, Mm Mm-hmm. And you know, there's no cameras allowed and whatever. And a lot of these big parties now, not influencer. I'm talking about real celebrities who have talent. You know, they put your little phone inside a little like like a magnetic little thing. They lock it and you can't do it. It's like one of those things where like it's like a, it's like those security locks on people's clothes, the tags. So you have to have a special thing to unlock it. Boom, whatever. I always have three phones, but you know, we're pretty good about that. They'll let us keep our phones. Hundred percent. But like I've seen someone who's important who's a fucking dickhead now. and People are starting to see it, and he's like, "Yo, Eli, no pictures, whatever." And you looked at him like, "What the fuck, dude?" Like, you know, like alright, cool, I see other people taking pictures, but you know what, don't hit me up when you need something, you need a fucking favor, and I was like, oh shit, this fool Eli's clapping back, like, you know, I, I was proud of you for stepping up and saying, like, yo man, you motherfuckers asked me for the world, you know what I mean, you want this door, you want this closed, you want this opened, you know what I'm saying, you want these people out of here, alright, you want, expect me to do all that, but I can't take a picture when other motherfuckers are here taking a picture like I ain't, like I'm some fucking, you know, some side bitch. Some chump. Yeah, so, you know, um, another thing too is, While you were, um, and again, I'm not here to tell people that fucking Eli was a drug addict or nothing, but Eli at the party, you know, so when you were chilling in those eight months, did you decide one day, like, fuck it, I'm just going to be sober?
1: Yeah, it actually happened maybe, like, it was was starting to click for me, like, the last couple of months before that even had happened, but um, when everything went down, I was like, man, this is, like, the best time to, like, just sober up completely and like flip your life around. Like I needed I needed that extra kick in the ass to happen to me. If that didn't happen to me, um I would have still been doing the same shit. Still been running around the town, still doing drugs. And you know, I get into I get into all my drug addictions in my book and um did
0: you socially drink or did you just you just drank because you wanted to get fucked up?
1: No, nah, I think it was for social reasons. Even though I was already social, I just like enjoyed getting you know fucked up with people and having a good time. You know that's I mean, what I, it was.
0: I, no offense. I liked you partying you know what I'm saying? This <laughs> like chill, chill. I don't know if I like this. You know what I'm saying? Like I might <laughs> fuck you up after the show. You know? I don't, I don't like like the chilli. Oh, like you, you have know? To throw hands, bro. So, explain this to people because I've gone through it. Right? I've gone through a draw from codeine, promethazine, which pretty much has a little bit of heroin in it. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. I went through that. You know? I I was pissing out of my ass. I was having fucking chills. Couldn't sleep um you feel sick as fuck but you know that it's it's the best for you you know cutting cigarettes out even you don't smoke cigarettes right no like you know and it's just any kind of like especially if it's even when people stop eating sugar their body's going to shock yeah what kind of transformation did you feel your body go through when you're when you were sobering up
1: you know i was already on this plant-based diet so i felt like uh, the only shift that i had was not feeling like shit when um I was going to work out because I'd go on these crazy benders and then still get up and go run eight to 10 miles. And I felt like I was fucking dying every single time. But it would take me like a week to get back into shape. And I would do this as like a celebration, right? I'm like, all right, let's go a month sober. Let's run a marathon. And then let's just go on a two-day bender and destroy it. Like it was like, it was just so idiotic. But um, now like I just feel good every single time I go on these long runs. I'm not feeling like shit. I just, I, I always feel in shape. I'm never feeling down, you know?
0: Right. So- What would you say in those eight months where you just didn't talk to anybody? I mean, We talked via text a little bit here and there, right? What was the most important thing that you learned during that time of disconnect?
1: Um, You know, the same thing I said before. The most important thing is nobody is coming to save you and nobody gives a fuck to. You got to do this shit for you, man. And I'm telling you, I was in the darkest moments and I was by myself. I was crying in front of the fucking mirror, man. I was going to ask you. You you did cry. Yeah, I cried in front of the fucking mirror, bro. And um, Did you hate yourself? No, I didn't hate myself because I knew I didn't do anything wrong. Good, But but I knew that I felt like the most loved dude in L.A. to the most hated in the matter of 24 hours over something that I was falsely accused of. And I knew in that moment, whatever I said was going to look like I defended myself. So I was like, fuck it. You know what? The worst shit's already been said about me. Let me disconnect. I want to change my life around. Let me figure this the fuck out. Let people think whatever they, whatever they want right now. I don't give a shit. And I'm going to figure my life out. When I come back, I'll figure it out. And I figured the fuck out.
0: Now, in different words, you said right now, I just heard you say again. You said, oh, no one's calling for me. I thought you were going to have a different answer, but just because, like, what did you learn, right? But my question is, you know, you had a, you had a, a shit ton of acquaintances. You had a, mostly being nightclub friends, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then you have your real friends, right? Mm-hmm. How many real homies came to check up on you during this time?
1: Man, that's a deep one. Um, It's important. the The real homies were there, right? Like, you know, the Jesse Waits and, you know, some of my close friends, they were there for me. But the friends that I was close with that were in the nightlife industry that, you know, I had real friendships with, that I spent time in the studio with, that I spent time at their house every day, them motherfuckers were quiet as fuck. They didn't, right. they didn't disown me. They just didn't say nothing. Nobody wanted to get caught in the crossfire. They cared more about their reputation than, you know, than, than. So you know. that's
0: important. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Yeah.
1: You know, sometimes people say like with Black Lives Matter, oh, if you stay quiet,
0: then you're still, some people just don't know how to express themselves. Sure. Some people don't want to talk. Look, look, and I'm not defending those people at all. But at the same time, people say, oh, if you don't want to talk about it, then boom. You know what? It's not about talking about that direct action. It's your daily life. You know, if you have no black friends in your life, blah blah, whatever, it's not whatever. Doesn't mean you're not a racist, but you know, it really shows about certain things that you do. How much hip hop do you listen to? How much do you do this? How do you treat other people? You know, are you weird about having these people in your house? Are you weird about this? So, what I'm talking about is when it came to you, because this has happened to a few of my friends. Yeah. You know, when Rob went and it went full blown exclusive mm. when he when it was when he was dating a uh, black China. I remember Kim Kardashian telling Rob. She was like, you know what, no offense to all your friends, you know, since, since high school and everything, Ben Baller was the only person mm. that said something publicly. And he went, dude, I was in the fucking news because of it. Mm. But the thing is, Rob had a bunch of people with blue checks that had enough followers that could have said something. No one said anything, right? And I don't know if he was mad about it, or whatever. But what I'm getting at is it's one thing to, you know, to support you mm-hmm. and they are supporting you, whether it be quietly in this text message or anything else but were there homies that were homies of yours that kind of checked up on you and didn't say anything at all? Or was it more people that like, just didn't do either?
1: I think there was both, right? Like, you know, I got some calls from people and, um, you know, they didn't say anything publicly. And then some people, you know, what was crazy is when I reactivated my Instagram, I wasn't even checking my DMs on this going on. And I had like, just a fucking monster list of influencers and celebrities and people that are like, yo, this two show pass," Like, God's got you, blah, 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 blah. And like I didn't know that was all there because I was only seeing the negative when it was going down. And uh, you know, that that touched me. And like I don't really tear up over shit, man. That day I came back on Instagram, that shit teared me up, man. Like seeing oh, yeah. people like support <laughs> me. And even you, man, like um, you know, you talked about me in your podcast. I don't know what it was last May. I don't even listen to it. One of my one of my good friends, he, you know, he fucks with you having listens to your shit, and he's just like Yo, go listen to Ben's podcast. Like he just fucking you know talked really good about you, and you know, and and I ended up hitting you up after that, and you were kind of like, "What the fuck? How the fuck did you he even hear this?" But you know, that meant a lot to me, and that's why we're here. That's why I was like, "Yo, first podcast, I'm going with Ben." And Ben's- I'm
0: not tripping if you went want someone else, whatever. Cool. I I just felt like, look, man, um, you know, as long as we get into a little bit of business, which we will in a second, you know what I mean? Then that's a different thing. For sure. But uh, look, the good thing is you're in a good place. I can tell you are because I've had my conversations with you over the last, you know, five, six months. Um, I want to go back a little bit further, right? Mm -hmm. So how the fuck did you make the transition from the Inland Empire, Moreno Valley, right? Yeah. From Moreno Valley to Hollywood. Like when you first started working at Playhouse, did you work, did you still live, did you live in the IE? Did you have an apartment? Like what did you do? Yeah,
1: no, I'm going to, I'm going to get into it now, but I go in detail about this, uh, you know, start of my book. But um, I came from the IE and... um, I was dating some chick out here when I was like 20 years old that lived out here. So I was coming in now and we went to this spot called Cress and I started where I you remember that spot? Come on, dude.
0: Eight stories broke. Yeah. On, I
1: this, <laughs> and uh, I somehow, you know, finagled my way into working there and got a job there, and then started kind of running the door there. And then I saw Playhouse and then finagled my way into meeting Igor and um, you know, and Igor was one of the owners at you know, Playhouse, great dude. Um, you know, great fucking great guy you know and uh you know you're good friends with to Igor too so
0: oh Jesus Christ I'm gonna tell you a funny story dude yeah go, just go yeah, on, yeah, go on, go yeah. On. and
1: then um you know and then I just started kind of uh you know I created my own job position they're running the stage there and they didn't even pay me at the start I just kept working and working and then um one of my buddies was just like hey you want to stay at my house I live across the street well in the meantime while you're working here so you don't got to go back to the IE and then that's kind of what started up me partying because I knew I didn't have to drive back anymore but um yeah, that's just kind of how it started. And and then I just kind of built my brand in there and then, you know, became the guy that was like, you know, selling the most tables and, you know, bringing the most celebrities in and, you know, booking artists. And I'm just a hustler, man. Like, that's it. Like, I just fucking grind. I give Let any- me ask
0: you, bro. And I don't even know if you talk about this in your book, but this is something business-wise. Mm-hmm. At the height in the nightclub business, mm-hmm. strictly nightclub, what would you say was your biggest year financially? Like, what, what do you think? What, how much would you say you brought in on a really good year working in the club?
1: I don't know. I would say like month wise, like just being out three or four nights out of the week, I could do like 50 grand, uh, 50 grand a week.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah. If there was just some like really good, um, you know, so
0: I mean you could bring, you could, you could bring home, you know, six figures a month, 50 grand a month. Sorry. I meant to say 50
1: grand oh, a month. Jesus yeah. yeah, yeah Christ. Sorry about okay. that. Yeah. 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 So 50 grand a month. But you're only working four days out of the month. I'm only at the club, maybe even three sometimes. And I was only there for like an hour and a half, you know, but that was, Insane. 10 years of building relationships. No, no, I get it, yeah, I get so. it,
0: I get it. I'm just saying, that's a lot of money, It's a lot of money. But
1: everything started to become so easy, like, right, it was just, like, you know, I wasn't texting anybody more, I was just showing up, but, you know, it just became like.
0: But I mean, okay, I mean, back step, the IE, you think of the IE and then you think of like famous stars and straps and DC shoes mm-hmm. and like, you know, shopping at Tilly's and shit like that. And you think whatever, like, was <laughs> the transition of being Because cool? I remember, you know, you dress in a certain way. You're oh, kind of yeah. wearing like, you were wearing like more formal clothes. You know, you wear like a button down boom, but it wasn't like a button down where you see motherfuckers like, come on, dog. Where are you going to elephant bar? Like, come on, dog. You know, but you pulled up, you started figuring out, you know, yeah. your style and whatever. Was that difficult transitioning as far as like personality and things like that?
1: No, not so much. I think like I went through so many like uh you know trying to be accepted in so many different groups and phases in my life. Like before I came out here, or actually when I came out here, I had a mo- a big ass mohawk and snake bites, and I was wearing like size forty dickies, and you know driving a lifted truck, and like you know I was like, straight,
0: right, straight dude, out you have of the a lifted <laughs> truck, dog.
1: Yeah. So um.
0: But you know, like I look at like there's so few people. I know tons of people from IE. You know when Homicide started making multi millions of dollars in, in Sugar Ray. Yeah. yeah. He moved to Claremont, he moved to the IE, you know, it just was a different vibe. He went that way because he wanted to chill out. But I look at someone like you or Shalezy and you broke into Hollywood and you really broke in in a cool way where it was like, you know, you were able to mask, blend in. Mm -hmm. You know, whether Mm -hmm. it was, you know, whether it was you or not, you were able to blend in. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I want to talk about that's really important that it has to be said is throughout all the shit, even enemies yours, Mm -hmm. Name a friend of yours who talked more shit than I did to you. I mean, honestly. Can you think of anybody who bashed you and fucking,
1: and, and just. Nah, man, that was, that was all you. And you know what's crazy? And I've never told you this. Like, I thought you fucking disliked me for like years, bro. Like, <laughs> and like, I remember like you would always like. Like, anytime I'd say positive, he'd be like, shut your bitch ass up on on Twitter or whatever. Like, you know, it was like, no matter what I'd say, I'd post some sort of positive thing in the morning. He's like, man, shut your bitch ass positive and take your ass back to Warwick. You know, like, it would always be like, but like, I started to learn after some years went by and I was like, man, if Ben really fucks with you, he talks shit to you. But at that time, I was too emotional and like, No, no, I know. You're just, this guy was
0: trying to like fucking beep every morning. (laughs) Okay, by the way, love yourself. Shut the fuck up. Love yourself. (laughs) Shit. Anyways that said, is you know, I always discredited this dude, because in a way, I was like that coach that was just tough on people, and I was like, dog, this is my hood, homie. I was born and raised here. I was one of the rare natives, mm. you know, and, you know, you had your share, you know, of, of some girls here and there. I was like, okay, cool, of course, he's you know, he parties, he's got fucking, you know, this and that, whatever. You know, he's got a fucking 11 and a half inch cock, you know, you know <laughs> things that girls like, right? But then you started dating someone serious, mm. And I even discredited her because I felt like, yo, she's a Hollywood chick, you know, blah, 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 whatever. She, yes, she's beautiful. She's tall. She literally, for me to say, how guys, how often do I, BTB army, how often do I say a girl's drop to gorgeous, right? Like, I rarely don't. I just, but, you know, there are some. And I'm like, wow, this girl's fucking beautiful. I meet her. I on purpose do not say much to her. And come to find out. She had so much personality. She was like, man, fuck Ben. Like, you know what I'm saying, motherfucker? I'm me. And like, she just had a really dope aura, dope personality. She was plant-based. She was an activist. I didn't know all these things. But again, drop, dead, beautiful. The whole nine. Tall, shapely. You know what I'm saying? Pretty face. Big tits. The whole nine. And I'm thinking like, yo, goddamn, Eli must be fucking around doing this. He must be having fucking foursomes and fivesomes with dudes, girls. He don't give a fuck. He's crazy, right? (laughs) But then I find out you know, I remember one of the homies was like fucking around and you're like, yo, that's whack. And I'm like, the fuck you talking about? And Eli's like, yo, it's whack, dog. You shouldn't cheat on your girl. And I was like, bro, you ain't creeping on your girl. Come on, dog. He's like, no, I'm not. And he was so adamant about the way he said it that it fucked me up because I knew he was dead serious. You know, I'm a good judge of character. And I realized, I was like, well, okay, well, it's, you know, some people say it's easier to find loyalty when you find a girl who has everything, but at the same time, look, show me a fine ass girl and I'll show you a dude who's tired of fucking her, right? And that's the truth. So that showed a lot of character mm. in my mind and my wife is really like, you know, before she dated me, she dated a dude who was very similar to me. People say like, oh God, not that guy, right? And like, it's funny because, but at the end of the day, she comes from such a good family. She's such a good person in general and she's an animal lover and just the whole thing's right? And she's a good person. So like, you know, her having your back and everything else. I say, you know what, though? At the end of the day, Eli is, you know, like, we joke around, we fuck around. When people get to know me, they're like, damn, yeah, this dude, Ben, never in a fucking million years. When you think of me, Eli, today, mm. what's the first thing that pops in your mind? Like, I'm being honest. Like, what, what do you think Family of? man. Family man, right? Mm. And people will be like, what the fuck? I'm like, nah, once my first son was born, I was it, you know?
1: And then the years- second one years ago I didn't I didn't you know years ago was like all right fuck man I hope you don't see me he going to talk shit to me um he got the driving around the car on the corner like fuck all right cool, duck your head he coming but uh now man I just see family man you uh, you know you, you know you promote such a you know positive lifestyle and uh, you're always you know in service for other people and um but I talk
0: my shit you yeah, know man
1: that's just your personality yeah, dog you that's know that's just what
0: it is and it's never changed yeah. and so so with that said you know like you know when you're dating that girl and then after dating other girls I saw the way that you actually treated women. Now, if there's nights that you guys have sex, it's consensual here and there, whatever, of course it's going to be consensual. But I mean like, you know, going out here and there, ain't nothing wrong with that. As long as your motherfuckers is being safe and you ain't out there being stupid, there's nothing wrong with that. And the reason why I say this, guys, is because I've known this man and be like, some people say, oh, how the fuck, you don't know every single bed and you know every single girl. He's, shut the fuck up, motherfucker. I'm telling you on my podcast, what I know, and I'm a good judge of character. And if, God forbid, I was wrong, I'd make a retraction. I'd make a statement. And it's just not going to happen because I talk that much shit because I know what the fuck I'm talking about. But I'm just saying that was a big deal to me. It showed a lot to me because, you know, I was a cheating ass motherfucker till I got married. You know what I'm saying? I was a scumbag and whatever else. So just the crazy life, you doing certain things, like when you guys broke up, you and old oh, girl. I talked to this girl for 40 fucking minutes after dropping my kids off at school at 8 in the fucking morning. By the way, any girl that wakes up at 8 in the morning is already a good girl right there because most girls are scumbags. They wake up at fucking 10, 11. It's just fucking mm. gross to me. But we had a goddamn conversation and Eli didn't even know. I'm trying to get these motherfuckers back together, you know what I mean? He was going through his things and you know, and she helped him with during addiction and stuff and everything. And you know what? I'm sure they're in a great place and we shouldn't mm-hmm. talk about exes, but I'm just giving an example of how this guy passed up on some of the fucking Wagyu A5 pussy on a regular basis, was solid, about business, loyal to one woman, so I just don't see this dude taking advantage of anybody. Now, there's times where people do, Eli's not a rock star. Do you know what I mean? He never had that reputation, okay? Like, it's just, like, not at all. So I just wanted to put that out Mm. there. It had to be said exactly at this time of the interview. Sorry. So, (laughs) anyways um, I'm still mind blown that you decided all of a sudden like you know I knew Eli was in the shape every fucking morning Every single morning on his stories, I hear this, and he be wearing his fucking tights and doing his little fucking stretches and shit. I'm like, yo, dog, nobody wants to see your motherfucking ass doing jumping jacks and shit. Like, goddamn, every single day it was like clockwork. And I was like, you know what? He's got to do this because you know, like, he wants to, you know, get in a schedule and, and you know, get into, a, you know, a, a, a scheme of things because you know, like, he was out partying and shit. So good for him. I'm just saying, to still see the video pop up, you look like the seventh dude in apocalypto the movie right from the fucking aztec <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> era you look like you're from the fucking mayan fucking empire and you're just running and you're wearing like a weird thing around your fucking i don't know if it's some fucking exercise shit heart rate whatever yeah, it's but just I'm a like,
1: pack it's a pack for like water and stuff like that when you're out there for hours it's a hydration pack bro,
0: and he's wearing the fucking you know what i'm saying he's wearing the bruce jenner shorts the Chris the, crisp, the <laughs> fucking uh the caitlin jenner shorts That, you know what I'm saying, (laughs) fucking probably gave him a fucking yeast infection. You know, shits are so tight (laughs) and so short. But like, I'm wondering, like, you know, you come back, okay. And you're like, fuck this. You you won. Now, of course, I'm saying this in my sense. Mm. You you won in life. You defeated the bullshit. Mm. You said, fuck this. You dropped all the negativity, Mm. right? I tell people, tough times don't last. Tough Tough people people do." do. And you went through that. But then we have to discuss this. Because it is 2021. It's almost six weeks away from 2022. And guess what? Cancel culture is the strongest it's ever fucking been. Mm. Okay? So I want to know, what are your thoughts about cancel culture?
1: Man, let's just say this. The ones that gossip the loudest with the most to say usually have no facts and the least knowledge on what the fuck they're talking about. So majority of the time, they're just spreading misinformation and lies. But look, I hope those individuals find happiness and peace in their lives. Unless it's like you joking and trolling around like you do, you're not in this category. I'd say anyone that's truly at peace and happy and and has like some true happiness within themselves, they ain't spreading hate. They ain't commenting anything negative on people's accounts. They're not bringing other people down. And that's just the truth. But, you know, we're all climbing this ladder in life and uh, we all have a target on our backs, especially with the more success and fame you attain, the bigger the target becomes. And, um, you know, as you're climbing this ladder to the top, look, my ladder has unlimited steps because you know, I, I don't have a finish line with everything I'm doing, but um, you know, it's just like done, finish what's next, you know, and I think that's what makes the greats the greats, right? You know, we always give one hundred and twenty percent whatever we do, and we're never really satisfied um with the outcome of whatever goal we're doing. But um, uh, you know, back to what I was saying, as you're climbing this ladder to the top, you know, I'm going to go back to, um, you know, laying those bricks around your mind. And and if you got those bricks set up around your mind, when those haters and trolls come to shoot you down, you're going to be mentally prepared for it. Fortunately for me, when it happened to me, I fell down harder than ever off those fucking steps and fell right into a hole with no shovel to get out. And, um, you know, you just got to be prepared for that type of stuff. And, um, just know your haters waking up every morning thinking of you, give them a motherfucking show, keep your foot on their neck, man. And, uh, to the cancel culture mob, if I give a fuck what you guys thought about me, I'd be just as sad, as miserable as all of you guys. You guys can continue to be miserable. Not on my page, though. And I want to get into that, um, you know, how the restrict future works on Instagram. It's fucking a beautiful thing. One of the greatest things. That and mute. You just hit restrict, and they're just sitting there talking to themselves, and, yeah, they, think, the and oh, they think and they think it's God. on the page, and they're having a ball, and I'm just laughing because I can't even see their comments. I just see their names pop up, and I'm like... But even
0: better, <laughs> there's a new feature that Homicide just showed me. You can go to someone's page... And you could hide your story from them. And like people start hitting homicide up. It's like, yo, man, you okay? Everything good? Like you never go, like, you know, three, four days without no story, nothing, everything. He's like, nah, bitch, I'm good, straight, you know, whatever. And they can't see it. It's a crazy feature. There's a couple of really good features. There's good features too where like you could mute words. Yeah, 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 for sure. So like you can't, but like, you know what I'm saying, like douchebag, whatever, boom. Um, Pages like Diet Prada, you know, mm. fucking what's that stupid ass? Is it not Hollywood Life? What the fuck is it? The celeb life or some stupid ass page? Celeb, t- anyways. Question: Do you think those pages are doing it for clickbait, or do you think some
1: of these people really are out there trying to do good? Because I think Dia Prada... Do you even know what? The, do you have? have you ever, I don't even know what Dia Prada is, but from what from the media that hit me with shit they're definitely not putting out any good. They're just putting out false stories for clickbait.
0: I mean, like you click on these stories. And these people like Diet Prada, they're a fashion page first, mm. okay? They're supposed to call out people like, oh, guess what? This Alexander Wang shirt was bitten off this person. Hey, how come Louis Vuitton is taken away from this new artist that's trying to boom? And it's just like, they, they try to do that, but then they got involved in this cancel mob. And I'm like, yo, y'all ain't doing anything good. So now they're like, we think, or what do you guys think? We see this, this, this. They're not trying to be as canceled because mm-hmm. people are complaining about it. And it's just cornball shit. And I think that they think that they are trying to do a good, ju- they're doing justice, mm-hmm. but really they're just adding to the bullshit. They're just tearing people's lives yeah. out. You they're know? not like, like, look, TMZ is legal, you know, legitimately just showing, you know.
1: Some of that, the stories on there though aren't legit either, you know, like but but they, I would say out of everybody, they probably do the best job out of, Well, you I know, mean,
0: Harvey Levin is a real, real attorney too. Yeah, so, so. He knows he doesn't want to get yeah, sued.
1: Yeah, 100%. And, uh. Yeah, man. I mean, with what I went through, <laughs> I definitely don't think they were trying to put in any good. I when I was getting, you know, taunted and pestered and like they were just trying to do anything to reel in more, you know, viewers and clicks. And, you know, it is what it is, man. Like, you know, with that being said, I'm going to talk about that dude, but I'm not even angry at him. I'm not angry at nobody. Um, you know, I'm in a good place in my life. And like, I wish the best for all those people, man. Fuck them. You know? Fuck them.
0: So um, what I wanted to say was, was we were talking about, because uh, I was like, you should mute the word douche, right? I've been actually wanting to ask you this for a long time. Now we can do it on the record. Okay. Who was the biggest fucking douchebag that you've ever had to deal with mm. in Hollywood?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a topic of choice right now would be Travis Scott.
0: <laughs> what?
1: Yeah, man. Um, you know Travis? No, nah, I don't know him. And I had to deal with him okay. one night and it was pretty bad. But um, I remember one night we were at the club and uh, James Harden was like, yo, can you go grab a can you go grab travis from the back and like you know we were at like the police you know the fire department at the door was super fucking crazy night at the club and i went back there and um I was, one of my girlfriends walking at the same time as him there was paparazzi outside he was just like yo fuck you dude and i'm like what i'm like what the fuck you talking to like that and he's like fuck you motherfucker he's like he's like are you fucking crazy you know the fuck i am and i'm like the fuck I thought, what the fuck are you talking about and he's like Man, they're gonna take a photo of me and this girl and they're gonna fucking, you know, frame me with fucking Kylie. And I was like, yo, chill out, dog. Like, I didn't even think about that. Like, like, and then he it didn't matter though. He was still a fucking dick all night. I was like, I'll never take care of this cat again. You didn't tell him that that, that girl was there to meet you? I did. Right then. Like I was told, her, I was like, yo, like, don't get mad at her and don't get mad at me. Cause he was just being a dick to both of us. And I was just like, yo, nope, we didn't know. I'm doing you a favor right now, dog. I'm coming back here to grab you. He just spazzed out. Spazzed. And he just was a dick the whole way through into the club and a dick inside the club.
0: Damn. You know the funny thing is? He's like a little small dude and mm. he can't find mm. nothing. What would you have done if he punched you in the mouth?
1: Oh, we would have been throwing hands.
0: No, bro, that's the wrong answer, dog. What would you have done if he punched you in the mouth? I would have punched him the fuck right back. No, would you, you would have whooped his ass. What yeah, do you mean, what you dog, mean dog? Now, Come on. Like,
1: yeah, obviously, he would have got his ass
0: beat. I mean, that would have been the end of it. I just don't understand. Like, <laughs> like, So you let him in after all that shit?
1: Yeah, I mean, dude, it's still business, dog. Like, that's just what that stuff comes down and to, right? James, James is like the one, spends yeah. Spends lots of money. He's coming to the club like Christ. every fucking week. Was there every week?
0: I mean, bro, when I went to go buy this car at Russell Westbrook's uh, dealership, bought a Trackhawk, mm. he bought one. And I was like, he's like, oh, what's up, man? How you doing? But, I mean, then he went back and bought another one. And then he had Jack, Jack and George change the entire interior and change all, like, who the fuck changes the entire interior <laughs> of a, yeah. I know it's a $100,000 car, which is not crazy, but he spent money to remove the entire territory and turn it Hermes blue I was like bro he flew me to Houston for his birthday party by the way he had you know Travis there a bunch of other people whatever and you know I'm not gonna I've already expressed my situation with Travis and it's unfortunate because it's getting worse and worse now Nike just announced yesterday that they're not gonna release his shoe they're gonna postpone and I think you know it's getting bad bro you know what I'm saying but that's that's, you know like all this shit couldn't happen to a better guy you know cause he's such a fucking. I
1: mean, karma's real, dog. You do bad shit, bad shit's happening to you. I mean, dog. the
0: energy he puts out. Yeah, you you, know? you
1: put out that bad shit, it's coming right back to you. And I really believe in that, dog.
0: At the end of the night, though, once he was taking care of anything else, were you like, all right, dog, you cool, you good, or was he just?
1: Yeah, it was just like, whatever. I dealt with James after that, right? Like, once he was in the table, like I just looked at James and I was like, what, like, what do you guys want? Like, like I, you know, I know James always comes in and buys a table, but I was no,
0: like, no, no. What I mean is, was Travis cool finally after that, or was he just a dick all?
1: No, I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't dealing with him after that. Once he was at the table, like I went in my own area. was hanging out my own friends and then he was just on the he was on the floor with james just kicking it and they just had their whole mob squad with them so
0: i mean i can't believe out of all the people in 10 plus years of nightlife
1: you said he was that jesus yeah man
0: it was crazy doesn't surprise me though so is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with
1: yeah man i just want to let people know um live your truth and uh do as much as you can to be more in service for others and uh Make sure your goals in life have a real purpose to them. And I'm not talking materialistic items or possessions or cars or watches. I'm talking about in ways you can touch and inspire other people. You know, like if you got a story to tell and you know it's going to help people, get it out there. That's why I wrote my book and I encourage you all to share your story and uh, impact those positively around you. And um, you know, from experience, when you are aligned with yourself, when you're living your truth, when you're doing what, you know, what your heart's telling you to, the opportunities will be endless. And they'll always, it might not be at the start, but it will eventually come around. I can promise you that. And last, I wanna say, you can come back from anything. I don't give a fuck how shitty you think your situation is. I don't care how deep of a hole you think you are in. You can grab that shovel and dig your ass out. And I promise you, there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. It is always there. As long as you put in the work, the hard work, the shadow work, the work no one else can see but you. You got this, man. I'm here with you guys.
0: And you know, you know what I say to that? I say, shut the fuck up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the Ben we know, man. That's no, you know we... what,
0: dude? there—there There is a light down of the tunnel. And yeah. sometimes
1: it really might
0: be dark for days, for months, for years. I mean, just going to be there. It's like, fuck. You see other people who just, mm. you know, like, mm. that are just stuck. And... They, they figure it out. They don't give up and it's crazy. But then at the same time, you have to know when you're being delusional and when you're not. For sure. You know, even at the most dire moments, sometimes that light might come. You never know, right? Um, this being, you know, the top business podcast and everything else, I want to know what's next for Eli.
1: Yo, man, I'm on that, uh, I'm on that nomad life right now. I'm about to put out my story and just see where life takes me, man. And um, I'm really confident in the direction that I'm going. And honestly, like nothing but good and positive has been coming my way. You know, even you know, with work type of stuff and offers of things that I wanna do with like traveling and you know, these things are just starting to come my way now and. Um,
0: I mean, is is there a country that you haven't been to that you wanna visit?
1: Mm, a lot.
0: Oh damn, Well, yeah. w- w- what's your favorite place you've been to? Cause we talk about travel a lot on my show. Bali. What's
1: bali's beautiful indonesia sure. man and it uh, was
0: funny <laughs> i noticed old girls there at the same time you were there you fuck.
1: oh yeah i invited her out oh okay. we hadn't seen you, each we hadn't seen each other in two years and i had invited her out you motherfucker i was, motherfucker. Just, I was yeah. like i figured it was something weird but um it was bali. cool man we we mended uh hey, you know the friendships there and uh, bali is nice
0: we had uh, i had some girls that were on my show and they got caught up in bali it became really big scandals but the biggest scandal in a the year there and it was really in, not a big in deal. bali in bali bro. Oh, wow. and in, it's because they are promoting people to come there because it's so inexpensive to live there. It's mm. easy to, to be vegan there. They were living off the land, living whatever, boom. Sick. And then people are being racist because they are black. It was fucked up. It was on my show. It was, a, it, was it was a really dope episode.
1: Oh, uh, was it those two girls you brought in
0: on the show? Yeah. Okay, I remember yeah. seeing something about it yeah. or some people. really really pretty girls. Yeah, yeah, and yeah Plus, yeah. plus, you know, um, you know, Malaysia. I'm sorry, Indonesia. They don't fuck with like you know the gay lifestyle, so they were like tripping about that too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it was just an unfortunate situation, but um, you know.
1: Do you plan on, like, starting an OnlyFans page or, like, nah, you just... Maybe only toes. You know, people love the toes, you know what I'm saying, but... The toes uh, are terrible. Nah, you know... <laughs> they just look like motherfucking hey, hey, baklava, dude. The, I, hey. <laughs> <laughs> the IG story said they'd be looking like grape leaves, so I don't know what you're talking about. But uh, I, I, I plan on maybe doing a, you know, I want to do a plant-based restaurant somewhere in Santa Monica and... Uh, nice. Yeah. You know, me and Jesse had plans on doing stuff, but, you know, he dipped out, um, you know, for you guys don't know who Jesse Waits is, and, he know, he, he was one of the owners of XS He's one of my best friends, and, you know, we had all these plans to, uh, you know, open new venues and stuff like that, but he And guys, don't
0: understand, Trist was one of the biggest nightclubs in Vegas history, and then he put XS, and XS, to this day, nothing can fuck with it. I mean, it's literally, there's mm-hmm. nobody who doesn't know what fucking Encore Beach, all, you know, I'm just saying, like, the, what's going on over there with the fucking, with XS, it's crazy, and yeah, shout out to Jesse, shout out to Cy, too. Mm. so restaurant's good i mean yeah i it.
1: think the restaurant route is uh where i want to go i think right now i just want to get the story out and then um just kind of see where life takes me is what i was saying and uh i'm definitely open to um doing something on that health and wellness route and yeah i'm, I'm uh I'm how old ex- are you eli i'm 33 okay you're still young shit
0: so do you want to have kids eventually or are you just not yeah, for sure. thing? yeah. i'm okay.
1: open-minded to it i think right now though like i'm just so like in tune with myself and my schedule and my routine, that like I'm, I'm chilling, I'm happy. I'm happy. Like, I mean, I spent my whole life dating girl after girl after girl and, you know, always looking for happiness within someone else and I found it within myself and, you know, I'm content right now.
0: You're not dating anybody right now?
1: No, I hang out with girls here and there. Like, you know, I'll go hang out, go to a concert and go to dinner and, you know, we have a good time, but nothing, nothing serious. serious no, right? Nothing serious right now. I think in, at this point in my life, there's just such a big transition going on right now that like I need to just to be with myself. And um just kinda get this going, you know? Well,
0: let me ask you something serious then, bro. Like, and um um don't lie to me.
1: Why do I feel like this ain't gonna be serious because I know you're dumbass on it? <laughs> no, I'm being serious, but don't don't lie to me.
0: I just wanna I wanna know the yeah. truth, okay? How many men have you slept with? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Here we go, man. I fucking know this dude, like the back of my damn hand, man. <laughs> All uh, right, dog. Man. So look,
0: every person who come on this show, every single person come on the show. The very last question I ask him is, "Is there anything you'd like to ask me?"
1: Yeah, I got a deep question for you, man, and um are you fulfilled with the life you are currently living in other words are you are you generally happy, and if so, what brings your happiness right now in your life
0: <sighs> man that's a that's a fucked up question you know um am I genuinely happy y- you know I am because the genuine ha- happiness can come from something as small as looking at my children's sleep, mm. um, looking at my daughter run to me when I open the door, things like that. That's just, that's just, th- there's happiness that can't, there's nothing like it. If, at, especially at this time right now, God forbid something would happen financially or whatever, you know, but like, I know that I got that. I handle the financial situation in the house. My wife handles the household and we come together and we take care of everything, but that brings a genuine happiness because I do have a family mm. and I, the, the, it's very stressful. It's very tough. Now, do I feel fulfilled? That's a tough question. You know, um, I've set goals so high, you know, up in the space, you know, up on Mars and Jupiter and Neptune and fucking Saturn that I haven't even come near any of my goals. And I think people are like, what the fuck? How, you know, how, you know, you hit your goals. You've, you know, you've hit $50 million and blah, blah, whatever. And it's like, I, I, Don't look at things like other people do. Some people might sit there and be like, oh shit, you know, I made $2 million. So you know what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go buy a $2 million house, $3 million house. Like, nah, bro. Why don't you go buy a motherfucking $600,000 house so you got somebody to chill with and do certain things. So anyways, me being fulfilled. Now, when it comes to material possessions or even homes or even, you know, real estate or whatever, I think, you know, for the general part, I have that. But I can't feel fulfillment Yet, until my last kid is either 25 or married, until I give my daughter away, you know what I mean, in, in, in marriage and whatever, you know, um, I need to see them be adults. That's where my fulfillment will come. I need to see all three of them walking around, mm-hmm. living their own lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from my and me and my, my wife's molding their minds, what they're going to be in society, how they're going to be looked upon that's where the fulfillment will come out so i, I that, that story is giving me anxiety now because um it's not hasn't happened yet uh as far as you know my daily life you know other than being busy and beyond fucking like my mind goes crazy especially I mean, during the holidays yeah
1: you live a, i mean this is why i asked you this question man because you know people that don't know you personally they think like you know you, you know you're um You know, you could be an asshole or dick or, you know, that's just kind of the vibe you give off, but you got a good heart, man. And like, you know, I see it, I see it with your family. And like, when I'm one-on-one with you in person, like there's just a lot of love from you, but your mind is all over the place. Like, you know, you showed me your schedule. It's fucking hectic. Like you're all over. So, you know, that's why this question came to mind. I'm saying with this schedule, like, are you still able to find this happiness route to, you know, take care of yourself, you know, mentally and, you know,
0: honestly, no, I need to do better. Um, I started taking care of my oral health a lot better. And mm-hmm. even still, that, that, that's a work in progress, right? I took care of the cosmetic issues, meaning my, my smile is white and this and that and the teeth are straight. But there's still some stuff that I need to, you know, because I love sweets and stuff, right? Um, as far as my hygiene, you know, that's good, right? And, and some people, they're too busy, they can't shower. I'm like, all right, dog, well, you need to do something because motherfucker, you know, you're going to fuck around and get some fungus on you. But am I able to... I've done much better than before, but I can do better. And that's with cardiovascular health. There's mental things that, you know, I should put the phone down more because mm. it's fucking with me, right? And looking at it. But at the same time, that is my laptop. That is my work in certain mm. sense. And it's fucked up. That it, that's the truth, you know. Um going to see a doctor more often or, or you know, eating healthier. There there's things that, that need to change, mm. you know what I'm saying? So definitely, you know, no, no, I I don't. Because it is very easy to fall into the trap of, you know, and even though we are there people think just because you could eat vegan doesn't mean it's healthy, Mm, bro. Do you know what I'm saying? Because once I found out that there's a vegan donut shop in Eagle Rock, California. So good,
1: though. (laughs) So I go in there
0: and my boy Chase, who's a big manager in hip hop and everything, he's like, where? Okay, so we go. You know, I finished three donuts. I'm like, yo, bro. This is chocolate. He goes, no shit, dumb fuck. He's like, man, there's still sugar, like dog. And I'm like, wait, there's just no dairy. And I'm like, bro, this can't be good. And he goes, hell no, Ben, don't eat all that shit. Don't. I was like, why you take me here, the motherfucker? He goes, because I am a vegan. So I'm like, bro, this shit tastes good. You fuck around to get fat. He goes, bro, did you think that there's no fat? He's like, bro, you could eat really bad. There's still yeah. like, you know, there's still GMO products or certain mm. things, you know, whatever they're I'm replacing. Sorry. And so I know we're not there yet. But there are Beyond Burgers at Fat Burger at, at you know there, there's Impossible Fat Burger, there's Beyond at Burger King. What I'm saying is it's fast food for a reason. I love McDonald's. It's terrible. I know it's bad for me. But there are places you can make adjustments, and I've seen people make adjustments. So I definitely need to add more roughage, more greens, certain things like that, whatever. You know, access to more juice and just things like that. Just you know, but but I've I've gone there. It, it's taken some baby steps. But with the schedule being harder, it is harder to eat better.
1: And I think as long as you're aware of what's going on, you can make better conscious decisions. And, you know, y- y- it's not going to be a fast change. But once you're aware, you can make those choices and be like, all right, cool, you know what, fuck it. This week, I can eat no fast food. This week, I'm going to start juicing more. This week, I'm going to do some meditation in the morning. Like, you know, there's these small steps that you can do to kind of just like, you know, get that mental better and physical altogether. you know.
0: Well, listen, bro, I um, I've seen you transform quite a bit. Um, I see you not wearing your Rolex right now. I see, you you know what I'm saying? You, you, you've changed certain Mm -hmm. things. I see, I've, I've I've seen real growth, you know, and I know if that was important to you, you would have kept that and did whatever, whatever it may be. I just see the decisions you're making. And in a way, man, you know, like, you know, you don't need to hear from me. I mean, but, but if it makes you feel better for me to tell you, I'm proud. I am. I'm not lying when I say that, but, uh, more importantly, I'm happy that you came on this show. You said what you needed to say, mm. said what you had to say. But at the end of the day, I need everyone to go get that book, Mask. It's on uh, Amazon on pre-order. There's going to be an audio book and everything else. And, bro, that's it, dog.
1: Yeah, man, I appreciate you bringing me on the show, dog, and uh, extending out your platform to me. And uh, you're a real one, dog.
0: No, it's all good, man. So with that said, man, we are out of here. Uh, well, I'm going to come back and do my little outro. But, yo, Miles... Throw on a little lakey lake, and let's get to a commercial break. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We get oil changes for our cars to prevent bigger issues down the road. We see the doctor and go to the gym to take care of our bodies to prevent injury and disease. Going to therapy is like all the above. It's routine maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues down the road. Going to therapy doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you're investing in yourself and you're keeping your mind healthy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you could start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else and not your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Behind the Baller listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com baller. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash baller. Have you ever seen a vitamin water display at your local store? It's like walking into an actual rainbow. Now, is it just me, or are the flavors of vitamin water insanely attractive, with titles like uh, Energy, Revive, Focus, Refresh, Essential, Power C, and Triple X, it's so easy to pick a flavor to match your vibe. The real flex is flavor. Don't forget to check out our newest flavors, gutsy watermelon peach and look blueberry hibiscus behind the baller and vitamin water. Always refreshing. So we're back. One thing we're not going to do is we're not going to talk about Seahawks. I'm going to say one thing. It's so obvious it's not an elephant in the room anymore, okay? It is a buck 50 across your face. If you don't know what a buck 50 is, man, then I don't know what to say to you, okay? We suck. Look, let Russ Cook era is done. Pete Carroll, he's been fucking done. He needs to get fucking fired. You've seen what they did fucking, uh, to Luke Walton in Sacramento. They should have been did this shit. The reason why they can't is because Paul Allen's not alive anymore. And you know what? Jody Allen maybe don't have the balls to fire. Pete needs to get the fuck out. Third and 25, you run the ball. Like this type of shit that's going on right now when you got the fucking weapons that we have on offense. This ain't a hot take. Gino should have played in, the, in Green Bay. Could have won that game. Gino should have played yesterday. Oh, we should shut the fuck up. I'm not trying to hear it. We fucking suck. Period, point blank. All right? Don't want to hear shit else about anything else. Not going to fucking uh, DC now. Not going to see the Monday Night Football game, but I will be there for the Niners game December 5th. And we can catch the fade. and we'll see what's good. Ain't nothing else to talk about the NFL. Other than that, the only fucking highlight was the Cowboys loss. And other than that, don't give a fuck to the NBA real quick Lakers been playing like fucking hell right but when AD shows up like and he plays like the bubble AD it's crazy now this fight between Isaiah Stewart and LeBron you know how I feel about LeBron was that dirty I don't even think he fucking intentionally meant to do that and I don't like the dude I will never give him the benefit of the doubt Isaiah Stewart went all that crazy for that bullshit let me tell you something, bro. Isaiah would have got his ass whooped by LeBron. Then he would have got his ass whooped by my boy, Russell fucking Westbrook. And you see, Russell's ready to go. So that's it for sports, because, you know, this was a long interview. I'm not trying to stress Miles out. And I mean that. Look at people like, oh, you should do what the fuck you want. And I do what the fuck I want to do. But I got a lot going on today. I got a fucking NFT drop, and I got a lot popping, right? So we won't keep it pushing right now. We're going to jump into crypto real quick. India has had an issue with crypto. They haven't banned it fully, but because India is where a lot of crypto resides, especially Shiba coin that has taken an absolute diarrhea dump, right? But you see, Bitcoin has crashed. Ethereum has crashed everything else. It's not to the point where I need to buy some more. It's not not that low yet, but I'm not worried about it because I'm holding. And one thing I want you guys to understand, this is one of the business parts of this podcast. When you work hard and you start making money, you stack. You stack until buying your Balenciaga shit, buying your cars and everything, it don't matter, right? When you get bored you start doing other stupid shit, that's where it becomes a problem. But stack. Don't say you can't buy your little, you know, Goyard wallet, you know, get a couple belts, you know, maybe get a couple fits here and there. Cool. I, I me personally, I'm not really tripping on shit like that. Okay but keep sitting on cash until you're sitting on cash, literally. Now, what does that mean? Do I'm I talking about you actually sitting on a chair of $100 bills? Not so much. I'm talking sitting until everything you're sitting on is liquid. Everything is liquid. Anything is liquid. You got baseball cards sitting around that are worth $5, $300, $14,000, and they're just sitting there. At any given moment, you can go cash those in right? You got a bag of clothes, some vape, some other shit that you got, whatever you, you know, maybe bartered, bought some stuff here and then you got some kicks, liquid. And you ain't tripping. You can wear it, you can sell it. Liquid. You're living liquid. You're literally sitting on assets. It's a good game right now to sit on assets, okay? Having crypto still. Hey man, there's still a lot of money in crypto right now that I got. You know, if I were to cash out, shit. Even if I took my L's, I'm taking way more W's and L's. But you keep stacking until everything and anything is liquid. All right, I want you guys to understand that. I'm at a point right now where there's all kinds of shit. I can not just my jewelry stuff. I'm talking about, I'm looking at all kinds of shit right now. I'm looking at fucking watches. I'm looking at fucking baseball cards. I'm looking at things that I can cash out. No problem at all there's a bunch of clothes sports memorabilia all this stuff i want to you know and i do it when i get a chance if not i donate it here and there cool right definitely on that less is more shit but we'll see what happens um speaking of balenciaga balenciaga and gucci have collaborated with each other balenciaga was recently acquired by gucci and jordan winter one half of the world famous Dust Brothers forgot to tell me that somebody from Balenciaga had emailed him and told me him that he was gonna give, you know, that they wanted to give me a gift. Jordan, I love how you'll send me a message about somebody and this person needs this. And, you know, can we send this person a baseball card? Can we give this person a shout out? Can we help this? Can we help this person? Look, that's cool and everything, right? But when literally one of the dopest high fashion top tier, expensive ass luxury brands wants to send the Korean John Cusack a gift? Motherfucker, like, I know you gave the address, but goddamn, bro, I was like, documenting this shit, like, where the fuck this come from? Look, Laura Taylor at Balenciaga, appreciate you, thank you very much for the Balenciaga X Gucci duffel bag, it is fucking gorgeous, beautiful, Cannot tell you what it means to me that you felt that I deserved it as a gift. I accept it. I'm going to use it. Fucking incredible. Thank you so much. I, I don't know what else to say. I just really, really, really appreciate you. Um, I am giving away Dodge Hellcat for any Dodge car that you want up to $105,000. Go to my Instagram. and uh, More better, go to dodge258.com and there's more information there. Read this stupid ass, fucking dumb ass, fucking mind boggling, just poor, bullying, stupid, ignorant, mindless article about Chrissy Teigen and Squid Game. It was just fucking unbelievable. It was BuzzFeed and it was also paper magazine Two places that you know, two publications that kind of like—I don't say I respect, but you know, I like, it. At one point, Paper Magazine meant a lot to me. I was—it was like a cutting-edge fashion thing, and now they're like K-poppy and weird and like corny and like fucking like thirsty and just just lame as fuck. And they wrote this article, and the thing said, "How many times has Chrissy Teigen missed the mark or missed the point?" Chrissy Teigen, who I understand is an easy target, she talks a lot of shit, whatever, she's John Legend's wife, right, people don't like her, whatever, and she finally felt the wrath of the bullying, and she says things, whatever, boom, I actually know Chrissy, we're friends, right, whatever, and I don't really care, she's funny, and, you know, she had a squid game party, it wasn't a Halloween party, and she had some celebrity friends there, and my friend Lorianne, who's a dear friend of mine, This is a dear friend of mine. This is a woman who has done every single one of my kids' birthday parties. She has done house parties here and there. And I have given her the plug. I have plugged her with so many people. She's doing everyone's shit. She's huge. She's on Instagram and goes by at wife of the party, right? And her and her husband and her family, I love them to death. They are fucking dear to my heart. They put in work for this Squid Game party. They did all the shit and everything, whatever. And this article is like do you know what the squid game was about it's about debt and people that were suffering and they're killing each other for money listen you stupid dumb fucking imbeciles whoever wrote that stupid fucking article i'm korean I know that culture better than anybody. As good as any Korean living there and whatever, I experienced it. I understand where the suicides come from in Korea, This high suicide rate, the debt, all the degenerate gamblers who've put that on their family. When there's some celebrity that's made it, whether they be in a soap opera, TV show, acting, whatever the fuck it is, they have family members who have literally added debt to their fucking name. And it's more common than you think. I know all about the fucking scumbag degenerate gamblers that are in fucking Korea. Okay? That's their fucking fault. So if they're out there trying to fucking make some money, and if that was a real story, that was the truth, That's a fucking TV show. And they're out there, that's on them. But it's a fucking show. I have friends who have done Wolf of Wall Street parties. Think they're out there fucking frauding the government and fucking cheating on their wives and doing coke? Nah, man, they're just out there fucking having a good time drinking, you know, and partying shit. Like, what mark or point did Chrissy miss? Like, man, like, I just, at that point, like, y'all just really, like, that's the target because you don't like because she's, you know, pretty, or at least, you know, somewhat pretty, right? You know, I, I think she's pretty, whatever, And because she has a $25 million house because she's rich, whatever, but fuck all that. That's too, that's what it is she earned it, she did her thing for whatever reason, you know, like, she's cool, John Legend's not talented, like, y'all are fucking crazy, man, Uh, look, I'm not even gonna talk about it anymore, it's just, that article just really bugged the fuck out of me, my back is fucking killing me, so I'm gonna continue this treatment, by the way, because I have no choice, I gotta get this golf game going and if the doctor told me that I couldn't do it and the therapist and then, then I wouldn't, but you know, he says I can and, and I do feel better than I did on Friday where I felt like absolute shit. This weekend I went to my favorite place. I think you guys already know. Uh, I went to Dave and busters shot to my boy Popeye. And, uh, Popeye is not just a remarkable man who happens to work for corporate Dave and busters. Um, I make sure that he is, you know, honored, recognized, given his flowers the whole nine. Uh, shout to Whole Day Busters organization. As you know, we're still in a pandemic, and my kids are at school, still getting tested. You know, once, twice a week. There's been COVID outbreaks. There's another one right now at my son's school, or at my kid's school. Sorry, I shouldn't say my son. And it's difficult for the kids to get together in their school. London finally has a best friend. Ryder has his best friend. Kaya has a best friend. All of us get along very well. We've gone to Six Flags. We've done different things. So I figure, why not get together? For no reason at all, but for the simple fact that I want to have some kids get together. So I rented out, you know, a nice private room at Dave & Buster's. My man Popeye took care of everything. You know, the kids got to play with each other, have fun, I haven't seen London and Rider have that kind of fun in public in a very, very long time. In fact, there was a different type of fun and smile on their face that I've never seen before. So, you know, getting them used to that, playing the games, getting the tickets, being able to go to the wind store, W I N, right? You know what I'm saying? W-I-N, um, and going there and, you know, buying, you know, thing with your tickets and stuff and me getting all the kids' prizes. We get to have dessert. You know, we have little catering and stuff and hanging out. It's just for a great fucking time. And if you can afford it too, some people can, some people can't. People have birthday parties there and cool. I'm just saying it was great to get the kids together to have fun, right? It's one thing to go to a playground, have them, you know, do that. And that's cool too. I'm just saying this was like something where like I could have fun too. And I could do Not that I can't have fun at a playground, but I'm going to have more fun here because I got my Star Trek, my Speed of Light, which I couldn't play because of my back. But there's a lot of things I could fuck around with, right? Halo and all this other shit that's going on over there. And more importantly, Just seeing the smiles on their faces, talking to the parents, getting to know who they are and getting to know, you know, like, because, you know, I'm making a lot of sacrifices for my kids to stay at this school for the rest of their time in school. So once again, I got to say thank you so much to Dave and Busters. Thank you to Crystal at the Hollywood location. Thank you to Rhonda, who always takes care of me at the Hollywood location, even though I frequent a lot of different locations in Southern California, Northridge, Arcadia, all over the place. Dave and Busters in general, I do send my greatest, biggest, gratitude for you guys it is just fucking unbelievable but right about now i gotta say they say this is a big rich town (laughs) i just come from the poorest part i don't sing guys you know that i'm tone deaf as a motherfucker i'm just excited because ghost power book right ghost power series Season two just came out and the shit is, is, season two is, is fucking lit. It's already good. This little motherfucker, man. Like, yo, I'm not going to spoil anything, but episode one of season two is already starting out righteous. You know, I have my doubts about Mary J. Blige. We first start on I forgot what that one chick is. She's a, a bad bitch on that show. She is bad. Like, goddamn. But uh, Mary J. Blige is doing her thing, man. You know, she's actually really New York. You know, just the things that they're doing on there. Sharif, um, I wasn't a big, big fan of him on the show, you know what I'm saying? But I, I get what he's doing. And, uh, I got to give it up to 50 Cent. He, He's just really, really fucking murdering when it comes to the TV shit right now. Like, Power was fucking insane. Ghost, fucking insane. Raising Canaan, fucking phenomenal. Okay. And then now BMF shit, right? So, like, Ghost, watch season two, obviously, if you haven't seen it already. And then BMF, you know, um, Finally a decent episode. I don't understand if it was a season finale. They said it was. I don't know if it is. I don't know what's going on. Maybe because now Ghost is starting. I don't get it. But there was only episode eight. That's weird. You know what I'm saying? You would think it was at least 10, 12 episodes in a season. But it was finally a decent season. A lot of action. You know, a lot of uh, substance. A lot of things will happen. But I felt like it was too short, the season. So, I don't know. I've been like waiting for it. They kept dragging along. It wasn't necessarily anticlimactic. It was like I got half a bottle of Pokari sweat and I was really really thirsty I could have finished the whole bottle but like it still quenched my thirst so you know I don't know man it's a I can't wait for next Saturday oh sorry next Sunday I, I I cheat and wait till fucking you know 9 p.m. Saturday and watch it or I wake up early before football and watch you know, catch up with my fucking 50 cent shows or the power series or whatever the fuck you want to call it um, guys, real quick, I have to say something real quick uh, because it is Thanksgiving coming up, and we do have a Thanksgiving episode coming up. It's gonna be special because we got a new sponsor. We're gonna talk about some toys. There's a toy shortage. We're gonna talk about a way to get the dopest fucking toys for your kids for Christmas and all this shit going on. But listen, guys, this year Turkey Day at my bookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful. Starting with a two. $150 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay? Bet the spread between the Raiders and the Cowboys at my bookie. When you win, you win. And if you don't win, my bookie will refund you up to $250. Simply put, you can't lose this bet. And that's what I call a no-risk All gravy, right? Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code BenBaller at mybookie.ag. That's promo code BenBaller to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. So you won't need to break the wishbone to be the one to come out ahead. Okay, feast risk free on Turkey Day with my bookie and make sure to stick around for seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odds boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. And speaking of betting, guys, I got to say it. Captain's Picks is on motherfucking fire all right but that's all the time we got guys i'm really glad you guys could tune in this is a great fucking episode glad my man eli came on here and got to say what he had to say he waited for my podcast to talk before he said anything anywhere else he's gonna go and you know say his shit everywhere else but listen guys nft the public offering is about to happen right now good luck go out there guys always make it a great day i will see you back here same bad time On Thursday, Thanksgiving. Remember, guys, be safe. It is crazy out here right now. There's a lot of shit going on, right? Not gonna get into all the fuckery that happened in San Francisco and Walnut Creek, but just saying, be safe. It's happening all over the place, all right? Always remember, this is not your practice life. I'm still fucked up off Young Dolph. I don't know, man. Shit is crazy. But guys, you gotta live your life. Don't live your life in fear. At the same time, be smart, all right? Kareem John Cusack loves you guys. I will see you back here on Thursday for the Thanksgiving episode, the special toy episode, guys. Yo, Lakey Lake. Yes, sir, buddy boy. Yeah, man. Take us out of here, my guy. All right, y'all. Peace.